Hello, welcome to episode 10 of What Most People Think. I am, I'm so sorry for uh, not doing an episode the last time round. And, and, and all you little bitches that fucking whinged. And my, where's the podcast, Jeff? Well, I'll tell you what, I, I was doing big deal stuff, yeah? I was doing a half hour of comedy for Radio 4. That's it, I've fucking sold out for not much money at all. But I did my, my Radio 4 show, Withdrawal Disagreement. And if you haven't listened to it and said nice things online, then we're, we're not really friends. Um, but, uh, but I'll be hyping that uh, in a little while. But how are you? I've missed doing the podcast. I've got to be honest, I really do enjoy doing this. It's a fucking ball ache to get together. But when I do do it and it goes out and, and people talk to me about it, it is, it is uh, God, this is a bit early to sort of get a bit sort of children in need, isn't it? But it, it's, it's a nice thing to do. Um, we've, got, we've got a great guest uh, for this week. Now, I know some of you enjoy the, the format of the show where I just do it myself, or some of you, I mean like four of you, enjoy it where it's just me and I do it with the structure and talk about subjects. So what I've done today is I've got a guest, uh, but we're going to follow that structure uh, as well. So we've got, uh, we've got Constantine Kissing on the show. Uh, Constantine, he started to, Constantine's making waves now. He's sort of like a, a kind of a free speech type comic, more of a libertarian. He's done articles for Spectator. Uh, and he's an interesting voice politically in comedy. And he's, uh, I think he's going to become more so, particularly over the next 12 months. Uh, but he'll explain more about where he's coming from uh, during the show. Um, so we spoke, about, we spoke about quite a few things, actually. We spoke about free speech. We spoke about Russia. We spoke about Apollo Creed. <laughs> Uh, we spoke about Boris, spoke about Jeremy Hunt, and we've also got some of your letters. And I think some of some of the best letters we've had to the show. So uh, that'll all be coming up a bit later. So this intro bit's going to be quite short because I want to get in as much of the chat with Constantine as possible. So just a quick thank you and a fuck you. Uh, I want to say thank you to uh, Boris uh, and Jeremy for for that debate. I never thought uh, a political debate on ITV could be so entertaining, and and I'm not sure. That it was good, that it was as entertaining as it was, but but in terms of a two-hour bit of programming to go straight from that into Love Island, it sort of summed up who I am as a person. I sort of felt like I, I like talking politics. I like big personalities. I'm not saying Jeremy Hunt is a big personality. He's big. He's tall, isn't he? Could he be prime minister? Anyway, we'll get into that uh, in the show. But then that went straight into Love Island, and uh, there was a weird Venn diagram between the ITV leader debate. And Love Island. There was a lot of people sort of like, you sort of think, is this the real person? Or are they trying to hide their inner prick uh, just to win? Uh, and a quick fuck you, um, just before we crack on, to mean old women. I just, is there anything worse than a mean old woman? I, don't, like, I know this comes from a gender expectation that women should be nicer. But there's something about an old woman. Look, basically what this is, is my, my son, he, he, he goes up to people and he tells them his name. He introduces himself and he says, hi, I'm Sebastian. And before you judge me for calling my son Sebastian, can I just say that I, 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 I'm a social climber. I've never made any bones about it. Um, the way I saw it, it was Sebastian for the mortgage application, Seb for the stag do. That's how I saw it. But, but he's nice. He's a nice kid. And he goes up to people and he, he introduces himself. And he says, hello, I'm Sebastian. And uh, this woman gave him such a filthy fucking look. And I thought, I'll tell you something, tell you something love, right? If, if you don't think my son is cute... Yeah, then you're 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 dead you're dead inside. That's how that's how cute my son is. Is that I think if once you've got past the age of seventy five, right? If my son says hello, to, if he takes the time to just even let you be in his wonderful aura, and and you and you just give him a filthy look, then maybe it's time to tap out. That's I mean, it's quite a strong way to open the show. Really talking about uh, sort of uh, euthanasia for old people based on not acknowledging my son but uh, yeah i think you're taking up space so next time if you're listening not that you would be listening and he's probably still trying to fucking listen and virulent on the old grammar okay i'm just going to old people now this woman pissed me off i'm just saying if my son ever says hello to you just say hello sebastian back even if you've got reservations okay let's crack on with the show and a really great chat with the one and only constantine kissing So I've got Constantine Kissing on the podcast today, one of the best names in comedy. 
It's a great name. It wasn't where you expected me to start then. No, was I wasn't. I was like, well, let's, let's ease our way in. I, I said to my wife, I said, she said, who have you got today? I said, Constantine Kissing. She goes, I like that name. So um, she can get a bit, you know, if she starts DMing you, <laughs> um, let me know. But um, it's good to have you uh, on the show because one of the things I'm trying to do with what most people think is, is get people who are what we say unconventional sort of political commentators, although there's increasingly more of us, but it's still a minority. So can you just give us a sort of broad brushstrokes of where you're at politically? Well, I'm really unconventional is that I'm in the centre. <laughs> That's yeah. unconventional. Get out. <laughs> no one wants to hear from the centre. The centre is dad. But that, that yeah. is the thing, man, is like being yeah. in the centre has now become a radical thing. Yes. Because all you have now is these screaming loons yeah. on both sides. You've got mm. the far left who call everyone Nazis. You've got the far yeah. right who run around. You know, Katie Hopkins called me a soy boy on Twitter the other day. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I'm in the middle. I voted Remain just about. Wait, a, a bit of a glossary one here. Soy boy. Explain to listeners. Uh, I mean. think the official definition is the average soy boy is physically weak, has never been in a fight, and will probably marry the first girl that has sex with him. <laughs> Painful man having to admit Katie Hopkins is wrong. How many of wrong. those were right? Yeah, all of them. This is my yeah. point. Okay. Um, yeah. So uh, I am in the middle. I voted mm. Remain, uh, and I actually get out. That's another yeah. get out. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. That's a lot. This get is out. just you being racist. Get to out. Me that's what leave voters say. Apparently, get out. <laughs> you know, you are an immigrant. So apparently, that's how I feel. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Apparently, uh, but actually, that, that that point that you make is exactly right. Well, I felt like mm. after the mm. referendum. It opened my eyes because yeah. the narrative was, well, half the country is racist. Yes. And I lived here 20 years yeah. as a dark-skinned immigrant, and yeah. I know that isn't true. So, yeah. I, so to me, it, was, it broke all the kind of stereotypes I had in my head. And I started uh, with another comedian. We started a podcast where we talked to people from different sides to try and actually understand... Yes. what's going trigonometry on trigonometry podcast. very right. good podcast you you've been on it Foster. yeah, no, yeah and you've been on it and yeah. we, we just tried to talk to people from different sides to try and understand what's actually happening yeah. as opposed to what, what's in the Daily Mail or the Guardian you know what I mean mm. uh, and through that I've kind of educated myself to the point now where I probably mm. would say that if the choice now is between a second referendum yeah and voting to leave and a no deal Brexit Mm. I would vote for a no deal Brexit. Wow, you made you, that's quite a journey. Yeah. You've, you've joined us on the rock and roll side of the fence. I mean, it's funny because I did the Radio 4 um, special that mm. went out um, this week, and one of the things I was talking about there was the sort of mystique and appeal of no deal. In that, realistically, I don't, I don't want like that disruption. Um, but it, like in terms of a fuck you, I, I like that. Like, you know, it sounds way more rock and roll than continuity, yeah. doesn't it? Well, and, and in many ways, maybe that's what a lot of the public are looking for, is a disruption to the normal order of things. Well, that's what Brexit was, a big fuck you to the establishment. Uh, the reason I would vote for it isn't that yeah. I think it's a good idea. I don't. I right. don't think a no-deal Brexit is a good I like idea. This, I like this logic already. But yeah. there's only one thing that's worse than leaving with no deal, and that is destroying democracy. Yes. See, interesting you say that because this is one thing that I've just come to realise between Leavers and Remainers is there's, there's certain language that we both speak that the other one doesn't get, right? Mm. And there are a lot of Remainers that just don't get why we give a shit about that. And I've sort of come to an acceptance point where thinking, all right, it's just not that important to you. And maybe, I suppose, for younger people that have grown up in an age of kind of big multinationals, right? You know, with your iTunes account where you uh, update the terms and conditions without reading them. You know, I, th I feel like each, I feel, I feel like the EU and iTunes, there's some sort of weird sort of semantic you know, ideas overlap there Yeah. in terms of signing away autonomy. Now, I'm trying to stop digging people out for that and just say it's a different mindset. Yeah. However, when there's two different mindsets, what do you defer to? You defer to a democratic vote. Yeah, I think it's hard for people to understand. Like for me growing up in the Soviet Union yeah. and then Russia, yeah. I kind Is it of wrong that I always think of Drago when you say that? <laughs> if he dies, he dies. Yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, th that's the I thing. I mean, he was right on that. I mean, Apollo Creed, he knew what he was getting into. <laughs> no, he fucking swanned into that ring, didn't he? Pissing about. But anyway, when you grow up in Russia and the Soviet yeah. Union, you understand how precious and rare democracy actually is. Yes. So... If the majority of people voted for something that I personally don't think is a good... Well, that's what every election. Yeah. Yeah. You know, half the country or more than half the country thinks that the party that got in are a bunch of cunts. Yes. And then we still have the government. 
Yeah. So that's democracy. Well, yeah. I mean, like, you know, even if you look at the, the huge Labour majorities of the late 90s, I think, what did he get? Like 47% share? Yeah. So there were still more people that didn't want Tony Blair. And Absolutely. that seems odd to think, doesn't it? Because the narrative was, was that, that he sort of swept into power, uh, sort of being carried shoulder high by you know, all of us young people, the, the band D-Ream, Things can only get better. Mm. We were all dancing to that tune. We're probably actually a lot. What this is where maybe there's some bitterness on the right is that during that period. Now I did vote Labour at that time, so I can't include myself in this. But that they just went, oh, all right, well, you know, that didn't go our way, but I guess you know it's their turn for a while, and they didn't sort of bitch about it mm. and stuff. But that's been, I suppose, the recent history is is the the, the dummy being spat. And a, a change in the culture of how we react to political results that we don't like. Yeah, I think that's probably to do with the. I mean, I'm a millennial, just about age-wise. Get out! Sorry. That's <laughs> a lot. I promise you, that's the last one. You should just do a compilation of you telling. In yeah. fact, that's what I'm going to do, mate. I'm going to do a compilation of you telling me to get out, and get then out. just explain that I'm a minority and, and an immigrant, and, that and then you, yeah, yeah, that, that yeah. The doc, Send it to the BBC. The They'll yeah. replace you with Leo Curse. Yeah, I, I would need. I need some controversy. <laughs> I'm sort of becoming a bit too safe these days. You know, there are other guys out there that are way more radical than me. So, yeah. yeah. Norcott abuses immigrant on own podcast. <laughs> and I would use the fact that you stuck around after as proof that it was all right, but no one will care by then. Get him off the diversity panel. Yeah. This hateful figure. I mean, I am quite hateful. I've just done a really good job of keeping a lid on it. It will come out at some point. You've just done a really good job of not showing it in any way oh, at all the, for the 40 years. I've expended yeah. on, on it. Just, I'm just I'm awful. You know I mean? I hate, I hate everybody. I hate, I hate people on the other side of the street for me. I, I hate myself when I've got a suntan. I am... That's the level I'm... <laughs> that's the level I'm working at. Yeah, but but so, so what you have is like, you know, you're a free speech enthusiast. Uh, you're, you're very pro-democracy. And, and of course, all of this kind of collided to a point when... As a lot of my listeners will know, you had the contract put in front of you for a university mm. gig, which you declined. If you mm. just sort of briefly sort of give us a summary of what happened there. Yeah, so I was performing at Top Secret, which is one of the better clubs in, in the country, probably. Yeah. And a bunch of students were in, they liked me, mm-hmm. uh, and they invited me basically to donate my time to raise money for charity. Yeah. Right? And they said that in the interest of having a safe space for comedy, yes. uh, they're going to send me a contract. <laughs> so I got the contract and the contract said that they have a zero tolerance policy on get this racism, sexism, classism, yeah. ageism, ableism, homophobia, biphobia, transphobia, xenophobia, Islamophobia, yeah. anti-religion and anti-atheism. Right. I mean, there's a minority group that really right. needs protection, right? Atheists. And also demanded that all jokes must be respectful and kind. So, in, so in you, a safe space. So you, you kind of, you, you brought this to, to light, you know, you did the around you on... GMB with Piers Morgan. Well, the thing is, that the, uh, this is one of the major misconceptions about it. I tweeted about it to like my three followers at the time. Yeah. Right. And then some, someone picked it up and then someone else picked it up and someone else. And it went viral f- yeah, yeah. for its own reasons. And no, because this is now it works, mate. It's like me with the BBC diversity panel. Yeah. Now, in reality, I just turned up to what I thought was me saying five minutes about working class stuff in a room. Yeah. But no, I've shamelessly put myself <laughs> forward for this. So... So, you know, this is the way that I suppose the comedy industry proceeds. And you've been perhaps a, had a backlash similar to some of the stuff I had. Yes. Is that people perhaps read more motives into it than more. Oh, massively. Yeah. Well, you are now the, the face of the cis heteronormative patriarchy. Or yeah. Right. Someone uh, needs to be. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just tweeted about it mainly yeah. because I've been talking about this stuff happening for a while. Yes. Right. And I was trying to basically prove to other comedians yeah. that this was going on on Mm. and then it became a big news story and just for context for people who don't know me at this point i'm a complete no-name comedian no one's heard of me right with a great name yeah great name and no one's heard of me yeah like so when i called my agent up to tell her what was happening she couldn't believe it because she'd forgotten she represented me it's like that 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 level of not being so i'm I'm seeing a scene from extras (laughs) he said you had sort of like the female stephen merchant yeah yeah uh and uh, I wake up, the, I go to bed, having tweeted it, I wake up and it's a major news story. It's yeah. in every newspaper. Within 24 hours, another comedian goes on the radio, calls me a Nazi, mm-hmm. you know, which was, I mean, it was great because I've got a niche now. I'm the only Jewish Nazi comedian in the world. Yeah. <laughs> smashing the skinhead synagogue circuit. Yeah, I mean, it, it was just, I think the thing that came out of it, actually, I don't think it was yeah. a story about comedy, Jeff, at all. 
Okay. I, the reason I think it became a big story is that yeah. ordinary people in this country feel like they are worried about what they can and can't say. It's not yeah. that you can't say anything these days. It's more yeah. like, well, am I okay to say that? Am I, I, people aren't mm. sure. You go in a comedy club and say to people, how many genders are there? Yeah. And, and listen to the response. But are you People don't in, know what to say. Are you talking in London or... Yeah. 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 Well, the Edinburgh Festival, you and I are both going. Right. Um, Try saying that at the Edinburgh Festival and yeah. see what you, what you get. Yeah, I mean, genders is an interesting one because I think, and this is one thing that I, I know a lot of liberal left people at the moment that sort of don't think that differently to us but aren't that keen to say it out loud. Mm. Right? So instinctively, I think, on a hunch, said how many genders are there, a lot of people go, two. Right? That's what they would say. But So you're saying that they're, they're checking themselves. Now. Yes. Yeah. And I, look, I'm not saying I know how many genders are. Yeah. Right? I mean, in the time we've been recording this, probably two new ones have been discovered. Yes. I, I don't know. Discovered? Discovered. Well, they're not I like invented. That, yeah. I didn't want to say invented, because that would get me in trouble. I like the, no, I, I'm interested in discovered, like that sort of, sort of gender archaeologist that was sort of dusting, <laughs> off, dusting off weird-shaped cocks, and then just going, actually, there's, there's a 17th gender we yeah. found in the Mesopotamians. I'll give you some examples in terms of where people, I think, are right to be concerned about... Yeah. Do I say this? Do I not say this? Am I allowed? Yeah. So a couple of, I think it would be about a week ago, a guy got fired from his job in Asda yeah. for, did you see this? He posted yes. a Billy Connolly routine on his Facebook. It was, yes. about, it was about religion, right? So he posted a comedy routine on his own personal Facebook mm. and his boss, his employer, fired him, right? Yeah. We've had people arrested now for retweeting transphobic limericks. I, I talk about this in my show, actually. Mm. Uh, do you know how many people were arrested in this country last year for things that they said online? Uh, I don't know. 3,300. Wow. Which is a lot. Yeah. So put, to put in context, in Russia, where I come from, which is a massively authoritarian country, yeah. 400 people were arrested last year. Yeah. Right. This country is way off the charts. Yeah, the other 2,900 were shot in their home. <laughs> <laughs> so we are starting to see that people actually have a reason to be afraid. Yeah. That you have a reason. Uh, a guy uh, is suing his employer, I think it's the NHS or someone else, because yeah. uh, his boss was interrogating him, saying, if a guy, if a, if a person with a beard who's six foot four walks in and demands to be called a woman, yeah. would you do it? And this guy's a Christian, and he said no. Yeah. And he got fired for that. Yeah, I mean, that's a weird one, because with the trans thing, I, I, I am quite open to, if people sort of say to me, this is how I'd like to be identified, mm. uh, I, I would generally go with that, mm. you know, you know uh, and I, what I reserve the right to be is surprised, Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. like, I, I do, I reserve to have an initial, I reserve the right to have an initial reaction, um, if, for example, and I know this has been sort of covered before, but if they've transitioned quite later in life, but gone for a very young name, I reserve the right to find that something that I have to adjust to, you know, a very young, like Keely, you know? Yeah. I go, yeah, I don't know if you're a Keely, you know? But I think in you're a way, a Dorothy. if that may be, yeah. But if that if that's my worst reaction, I think I, I, I'm gonna say, you know, I'm, I'm gonna let myself off the hook for that. However, you know, it's quite a lot for people to adjust to. And the problem is, is, is if you say, the best way of society changing, isn't it? To have slow, incremental, changes where, where you take the majority of people with you in a way that's why we've ended up in a much better place on homosexuality is because the the, the, the dialogue was quite inclusive in a way and everyone was having it I feel like the, the dialogue around trans is way less inclusive there's a lot of people just not having this discussion and and I guess what they hear of it is the more the more militant sort of fissures in the argument as well and, and maybe that's where there's still quite a lot of resistance to it, I suppose. I think it's also the fact that the people who are driving this, they're not, most trans people don't care yeah. about making sure that they say dear passengers instead of ladies and gentlemen on the tube, right? Trans people, I have trans friends, I work with trans people, they don't care about that, most of them. It's yeah. a very tiny, it's like with everything else, it's a tiny group of activists who are pushing a particular agenda. Yes. And then, and, and then what I'm saying is the effect on the rest of society isn't that you can't say anything these days. It's just yeah. people aren't really sure what they can and can't say. Yeah. And they have examples which say, well, if you do say the wrong thing, you're going to be punished for it. Okay, just breaking up the chat a little bit just to hype a few things. As I mentioned in the introduction, uh, I did my Radio 4 show, Withdrawal Disagreement, which was about... Uh, about Brexit and Brexit identities and let's be honest it was a sort of construct for me to sort of take the piss out of Remainers 
on Radio 4. I, I took the piss out of myself a little bit, but um, I, I managed to get a few things off my chest. So that is available on BBC Sounds or BBC, whatever they've called the fucking uh, website this week. So if you could do me a solid, if you could listen to it, right, download it, recommend it to people that would like it, and, and go online and tweet about it and at Radio 4 in it and do the hashtag withdrawal disagreement. Because I tell you what, these TV and radio types, they, they look at this stuff. They don't, you know, they, they look at what's being said online. And if you say enough nice things about it, then uh, there is a chance that I might get another episode. And then all you people that say, oh, there's never anything for me on Radio 4, then you might have more stuff for you on Radio 4. And if, if you don't do it, then maybe you deserve to listen to Remainer jokes. Okay. Um, the, the other thing is, is I've got a transmission date for my documentary, How the Middle Classes Ruin Britain. Um, I think it's a strong title. Uh, it's, it's the 22nd of July, 9pm, BBC Two. And I need you lot, more than the radio thing, to watch that and big it up online. Because I'll tell you, people are going to come at me for this. They're going to fucking... I'm, I don't think it's like that controversial, but I just think it's going to annoy the bejesus out of people. It's going to annoy Irish people, in the sounds of it. So, um, so yeah, just, just make a date in the diary, 22nd of July, 9pm, BBC Two. How the middle classes ruin Britain. Because I'm definitely not middle class now. Um, I'll just get a train back to Cambridgeshire afterwards. But other than that, uh, and, and just a reminder that the Fringe, the Edinburgh Fringe is coming up 12th to the 25th of August. I'll be up there doing my work in progress tour. Uh, it's coming along nicely. I would say that, I know I said on the last podcast that the first episode might be a shit show. I'm going to go as far as say it might be okay. It might be okay. If you've got tickets for the 12th, it might be all right. And then after that, it's gonna be it's gonna be good, and then the tour obviously starts mid September through to mid November. I think there's a couple of dates sold out now: Guildford and Reading, and there's other ones, about six others that are getting there. And this is with two months left till we actually started. So if you want to be absolutely guaranteed a ticket, then buy them now. Anyway, uh, enough of that bollocks. Let's get back to a chat with Constantine Kissing. Well, we um, I'm gonna jump into one of the subjects off the back of this here, so I'm, I might um, I might jump ahead. Because normally I do the politics first, but I think yeah. as we're talking about this kind of thing, is the Little Mermaid. Mm. <laughs> Doesn't feel like it's related. But Little Mermaid, so if people aren't aware of this, is that the film is, is being remade as a live action film, like all these fucking films. Someone somewhere has decided that these brilliant cartoons, we need to, <laughs> we need to redo them, right? And, and, and the part of Ariel is going to be played by a woman of colour. Right, and I still. You're don't. getting the terminology right. Well done, Jeff. Well, I don't get that because I, I totally. This was one of the things in the '90s that I totally understood. When someone said to me, "Don't say coloured," because that sounds like you know, brilliant. And then suddenly, woman of colour. I don't, I don't really. It's such a fucking like cigarette paper type mm. distinction. But anyway, yeah. woman of colour has been cast about it, and then, you know, so it brings up this argument where I think you get these modern arguments where I don't think there are that many people that are that upset about it. No one gives what, a shit. Not really. <laughs> and then what you get is kind of like a nine to one ratio of people going, oh, all of these people are annoyed about Ario. And you go, the ratio I'm seeing is that there are more people, and this happens on the kind of woke and the non-woke side as well, is that there are more people annoyed about the tiny amount of people that are annoyed than are actually uh, annoyed. And so I don't know where you stand on it, but I, I think that it's really simple with this, is that they should have had a broadcasting policy for this film. And the only objective should have been, who's really good as Ariel, right? And of course they should have seen all, all sorts of people for that part. If whoever this actress is, is playing, it was the best one, give it a part, right? Yeah. Simple. If they went, we're definitely going to have a person of colour because we've, you know, this is sort of fight back against the sort of Trumpian ideology and stuff, then I, I don't know if that helps anyone because if she's not the best person for the part and she's bad in it, people who are malicious towards actresses of colour are going to use that as a stick to beat them. Yeah, what I reckon, I think I have a conspiracy theory about it, is yeah. I don't think it's all white people that are yeah. upset about this. I think it's ginger people. Yes. That was yeah. their one diversity slot. <laughs> it's been taken, hasn't it? Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's the thing. Is uh, I think that's what it's about. Man, I honestly could not give any less of a crap about it. I just think, yeah. I think all of this stuff, whether it's the Gillette doing that ad about toxic masculinity, it's all companies trying to sell stuff. I think that these woke recastings there's another side to this isn't there there's another thing that's happened over the last few years is when people have taken a part perhaps and then someone from that community has said you shouldn't play this part and then there's been a controversy and then the actor or actress has gone on and go actually I've been educated by that community and I'm now going to turn down that part and they act like they're not pissed off <laughs> and that's what I always think about if you've seen there's been a few of them I think Scarlett yeah. Hansen did one I, I, I'm so thank, thank you so much to the people that dragged me on Twitter for 
48 hours. <laughs> it was really it was such a great experience to be educated in that way. And I wasn't throwing shit around my fucking office all day long. And just I'm, and I've stepped aside. And I'm so pleased to have turned down all those millions of pounds. Yeah. I didn't realise. <laughs> so, so, this, uh, so this part can go to a person who exactly fits that role. What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, it's almost like the actors paid to pretend to be someone else, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, this is the thing with it, is how far do you go? Right? Like my wife has been going... This is actually true. For 15 years, she's been going on at me about how all the Russian accents in all the films, like Bond films, that are shit. Yeah. And she's like, well, why don't they get some Russian to actually do a proper accent? Yeah. Uh, but... Because Russians don't sound Russian, okay? Yeah. Russians sound like Dolph Lundgren, and you Russians need to fucking just chill out and accept that is actually what it is for us. This is Russophobic. They've invented... That, that word actually exists. Yes, yeah, I've heard Do this. you know that? Yes, yeah, Russophobic. Yeah. And I know if it is, like, whenever you get right-wing figures from history... They're always played by left-wing actors <laughs> as well, right? You're saying you need, like, a proper Nazi to play Hitler. Yeah, but, but right through. Uh, Dominic, There's enough Nazis Dominic around Dominic Cummins now. was played by De- Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. You look at all these guys that play fucking hit, um, Hitler, Churchill. <laughs> Same a, thing, mate. He's a, racist a, a as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, you know, no ridiculous. <laughs> but, um, but, so... I just, I just kind of think that there's this assault on meritocracy in, in a way. Now, there's obviously a rebalancing that needs to occur, but I think that it's just being open to the idea of, of different castings. You know what I mean? Mm. Seeing lots of different people. But I, you know, Brian Cranston, he was in a part. I can't remember what it was. He was playing. I think he was playing perhaps a disabled person. And like they tried to drag him for it and say like, uh, you know, we do this this part, and he said just said fuck off. You know, mm. That's what acting is, idiots. I, I think you're absolutely right in terms of you've got to remove discrimination yeah right you you have got to do that and in american football actually they found a way that seemed to work which is for coaches coming in yeah to, to be interviewed what they've said is you must interview at least one black coach yeah right and what they found was by getting that person through the door get them in the room yeah then they would have the opportunity yes. to show their confidence no, and skill set etc right but they wouldn't have to be picked right yeah. whereas now what the bbc for example is doing is they're saying well one one out of seven people on the BBC on on the actual presenting side has to be gay or lesbian. It's like, mm. well, why would you want to reduce the number of gay people on TV? Most people uh, I saw a tweet from Snoop Dogg the other day, and he he was saying that the the with the, the, the USA women's team should get equal pay with the men's team. Mm. And I know Snoop, you know, he's not always thinking with the clearest head. And I thought, fucking hell, man! Like, you know. The Women's World Cup was really good. It, it did really well audience-wise. But um, but the idea of this sort of equality of outcome... And, and uh, somebody tweeted, right? It's, this one guy, I felt really sorry for, sorry for me. It's just, like a, just a normal bloke sort of tweeted, Hey, guys, I saw um, some of the things you're saying about revenue. Just FYI, the Men's World Cup raises $6 billion and the men get 9% and the women's raises $400 million and they get 13%. So actually, things are going okay. You look at the ratio of <laughs> this this poor prick who's put his head above the parapet and just thought, oh, if I make this really logical point, yeah, I'm yeah. sure everyone will go, oh, cheers for that. Yeah, 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 he's not familiar with Twitter, is he? Yeah. I, I mean, look, mate, if, if, if the Americans are winning it, you know it's not proper football. Well, yeah. <laughs> You're saying women's football isn't proper football. No, no, at all, mate. That's not what I said. You're saying that the women's goalkeeping is. You're is, misquoting me. Is, <laughs> my no, context what? were no, taken. My, my comments were taken so, out of context. So here's what most, <laughs> what most people think. Moment, right? Is so I went into women's world cup. I haven't really watched women's football until, since there was a period in the nineties when it was on Channel Four, right? And it, I, I got into it, and then, and then it wasn't anything for a long, long time that I noticed. And then, and then um, the women's world cup. I watched a few games, and I was like. I was I enjoyed it and I was I, I'll, I'll admit come there, on man there was a part of me no no I did enjoy it and there was a part of me that was resistant to it this is what I'm admitting to is I wanted to think it was shit right that's bad is it that is a bit sexist I suppose but I was just like it was only because I was reading all this stuff online that was saying oh my god they're amazing they always fucking overdo it mm-hmm. don't they this is better you know what I mean like a few years more skilled exactly. yeah and you go more you know it's, it's good like, and, there were, and there were things about it that I really liked but you know the, the, the histrionics were less you know, like the rolling around and fucking diving. There were, there was some. The USA women's were fucking annoying uh, and quite conceited. But broadly speaking, there was there was things to enjoy about it. But um, but to then go, okay, they should get exactly the same amount of money. I want the same amount of money as Dawn French. Then that's what I want. Okay, it doesn't matter when she tours. She's a she's like a national treasure. She can play huge theaters. She's I want the same because sometimes I have good gigs. And I feel like I should be paid the same 
as Dawn French. I think I should be paid the same as you, mate. You should be paid the same as me. Yeah. Um, that is that. I would go higher than me if I was you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you really. My ambitions are really low, mate. Yeah. Come on, man. <laughs> Where's the aspiration? If you're ever going to end up as the, the right winger that I believe that you secretly are, um, is you got to start just talking about loving money. Let's talk about it. Money's great. Why don't mate, I'm Russian. Talk? I love money. Yeah. What What was this fucking shame about loving money? You know, I bring it down. To a pre- I feel so fu- if if people ever knew how much money meant to me it would I, I think it would end my career <laughs> now I, I'm not as good at getting it as I should be but I love it I, I love I love just earning a few quid it satisfies something very primitive in me you know being able, being able to take a missus out and do something nice that feels like what I'm on this earth to do to buy my son nice things that's, that's okay isn't it no mate that's, that's, that's so 20th century you're behind the times you gotta, you gotta, you gotta care about you know protecting minorities and stuff. I care about that no, stuff. No, no, you don't. I care you about just the want planet. money. But it's just if you look at the pie chart of the level of shit that I give, <laughs> providing for my wife and my my child is a beer is massive, like because that is you're you're the problem, Jeff. That is coming from. I see that. I brought a kid into the world. You know, like my wife is, is the the primary caregiver. She's given up that time, so I have to provide for that. That is. Nine out of every ten shits I've got is going there. If you can't see my face, I'm just cancelling Jeff as he speaks. Yeah. Well, this is one of the things we talk a lot about in trigonometry with like evolutionary psychologists, yeah. biologists. We evolved to do specific things. Yeah. Men compete for status. Women are not that focused on it because a woman doesn't need status to get a man. Yeah. And a man needs status to get a woman. Right. So... Um, <clears throat> A lot of it is evolution. Oh, I'm so fucked after this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Say it. <laughs> I'm like that guy about the World Cup on the, the tweeted about nine percent, eleven percent. This controversial idea here. This is one of the things that always makes me laugh. Is that none of what we said is controversial to no. most people. So, so don't worry about the fact that you're saying that. For most men to get a nice woman, yeah, you need a bit of status. That's yes. not controversial, yeah. is it? You got to be For funny. You've got to have some. Yeah. This is another thing I think about about like beauty. Is, is that it's strange that, that it, it, for a long time it's been it's been uh, something that's prized more more in women than in men and virtue and a, and a nice personality but it's not like why aren't those things valued like beauty has has had intrinsic power for a long time it's 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 a valid form of power mm. isn't it you know same as having like a very strong body that, yeah. that nature gave you that is valid of having a very agile mind that's valid but for some reason beauty and you know when it came to them cancelling the grid girls and stuff like that yeah. and you think that's their fucking that's their USPs, that mm. they look fantastic, but somehow they can't monetize that. I'm glad you've stepped up and, and raised your level of uh, controversy to my level. Now we're both going to be... Well, they're quicker. I'm just, you know, I'm fe- that's my feminism. Yeah. It's just let them just wear hot pants and, <laughs> you know, and earn some money. Because they... I mean, it was incredible with that. They had, the in- they had an interview on this morning, so two of the grid girls were there with a with the feminist that was sort of speaking on their behalf and, and, and like the, the sort of level of um, paternalism you've got basically a radical feminist depriving these women of an opportunity to make a living yeah. for themselves and their children for the sake of some kind of fucked up warped ideology mm. you know it doesn't I, I don't see how that is empowering to women or are we just chatting shit here and no. what we really like is seeing hot women at the Formula 1 so what we've done is, is come up with this sophisticated point Right, where where we're actually the feminists, but what we really like is tits. Uh, we're going to sort of flip back to politics a little mm. bit here, because as we record this, it's the day after the Panorama documentary uh, about anti-Semitism yes. in the Labour Party, or depending on your political persuasions, the hatchet job <laughs> by the MSM, and nothing's wrong, and stop being mean to Jeremy. Yeah, there's no anti-Semitism, mate. It's just the Jewish establishment at it again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. It's the uh, producers it's and the music guys and bank people and long nose something. Yeah, something yeah they're all at it. They're, they're all, all at they had their little Jew meeting earlier. Yeah. <laughs> and and look, I I I I think um I think one of the, one of the interesting things about this one is is that it's something and part of the reason I started talking about politics in comedy was I just felt on a very simple level is that there was this idea that left equated with virtue. And I've spoken about this quite a lot. And I just thought, it always just seemed like bollocks to me. Do you know what I mean? Like utter bollocks. And I think that, that, that it was an orthodoxy for so long that eventually someone was going to pull out that thread. 
And I never knew how it had come, but it's come in the form of the harder elements of the left, right? The Corbyn, we are, we're not, we're, we're, we're sort of sanctified. And that's a dangerous place to be in. You look at the reaction to the allegations of anti-Semitism and you just see how easy it is to become what you claim to despise. Mm. And, you know, obviously you've got a unique uh, take on this. As a, well, I fucking hope you do. It's <laughs> one of the subjects for the podcast. Yeah, I never used to talk about being Jewish on stage because, I, I, well, I didn't think it was very interesting. It's a bit stingy, isn't it? Well, <laughs> no, I just paid attention in history class. That's all. That's all. Uh, but I never used to talk about it. And it's interesting because every, we all now feel that we have to talk from our little fucking angle. Yeah. Like, you're the working man voice yeah. or whatever. I am the Jewish. Yeah. I'm not practicing. You know, I'm, I'm not 100% Jewish genetically. Yeah. It's just a little part of my identity that never really interested me that much. And now I have to suddenly bring it out, mainly because people are calling me a fucking Nazi just to, to be yeah. able to defend myself. Sorry, I, yeah. I tell you what, the, the great thing about Corbyn is he, yeah. he's achieved the impossible, which is he's made people feel sorry for Jews again. <laughs> you know, people don't normally feel sorry because we're, yeah. like, we're like the minority that, that doesn't play by the rules. Like yes. we're the most persecu- persecuted group in history, yeah. but we're still successful. Like yeah. there is What's no that, Jewish man? pay gap. It's so Jewish to be there. Yeah, but there is no <laughs> Jewish pay gap. Yeah. Well, I mean, there is from us down to you, mainly. It's more of a premium, really, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So he's actually made people feel sorry for us. I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed in, in Labour. I voted Labour the last election, reluctantly. Yeah. Uh, but to, to somehow they've become a party of anti-Semitism. It, it's crazy. Well, now, I remember a time when, you know, hating Jews was a policy. I had cross-party support. What will happen is if Boris becomes leader, some people, you know, are working a liberal left thing, people say to me, are you going to vote for Boris, right? And I will say if he's leader and, you know, and Jeremy Corbyn's leader of the Labour Party, and then, uh, yeah, right, I, I am. And it was a disgraceful look at some of the things he said. And I sort of thought, hang on, when Corbyn got made leader of the Labour Party, right, all of this stuff was known, right? Mm-hmm. A, a mm-hmm. lot of this stuff was known about him. They voted for him in 2015, voted for him again in 2016, and then they voted for him in 2017 in a general election. This man's become prime minister of the country, right? Given his record. So, you know, you can't be, have double standards about people holding their nose. You know, people say, well, I held my nose and voted for Corbyn. And you think, well, do you not think I could hold my nose and vote for Boris? Because obviously, it's a much broader thing. What I honestly think about Boris is weirdly, he's not my kind of guy, right? But he's the... I think he's way more liberal than he lets on, ironically. I think he, I think he knows which noises to make. And I also think that when he becomes leader... He just wants to be leader, and I think he'll be so he'll be manageable. Right? <laughs> Whereas Corbyn always struck me as that guy that fucking dies on his ass at gigs mm. for eleven months of the year, and then has a good Edinburgh. Yeah. But uses that one month as evidence that he's a great comic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah like yeah, when he plays yeah. to his absolute fan base. Yeah. Like on home fucking turf, yeah. he'll have a good gig. See, I want to be that guy. What most people think. Um, so we're going to do letters now. Um, so my interesting views on this first one is a political one uh, is, uh, this is Joe from Rotherham Rotherham this could be interesting uh, tasty I'm done I'm done with the Labour Party this would be Yorkshire wouldn't it I'm done with the Labour Party who should I vote for I can't vote Tory there's just something about the Lib Dems that makes me die inside a bit uh, I like saying I vote Labour it feels like part of my identity but they're not as these days who should I vote for um who should I vote? Why can't you vote Tory, Joe? This, I've always this has always slightly bugged me. Like like, like this this indelible political identity that people have that they can never, like is is Joe here saying that there's nothing that could change in the Tory party that could make him contemplate? Because but it's that's primal, fo- that's isn't it? football. That's it's, not politics. Yeah, right. That's football. But it is primal, isn't it? Like you talk to people from from the north who are absolutely. Yeah. You uh, saying people from the north are like animals? So we're trying to <laughs> listen. We're trying to stitch each other up. Here. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're doing a better job right now. But you talk to people from the north, right? Yeah. Who who are desperately upset about what's happened to the Labour Party. Yeah. But they cannot. They cannot see themselves voting Tory. Well, that was a problem in 2017. A lot of people that said when polled, but when it came to it, yeah. their hand was just being yeah. controlled by. Oh, my dad worked no. down pit. But if I- you have an election soon, a lot of those people will work for the Brexit Party. Uh, if it happens, surely no, I, I yeah. tend to um, agree with you. And then, you know, there is all that stuff from. <laughs> actually, I did a gig uh, recently up north. It was in Yorkshire, mm. and uh, we just got on the subject of the Tories, and it got a boo. And um, I was giving them shit about the pits. 
I was saying like, come on, man. Like, what? Who? Hands up who wants to work down a pit still. <laughs> oh, right. Well, then guess who did you a favour? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they were like with me to... A, this was actually in Sheffield. And then with me and then I, I got carried away. They sort of let me have that one. And then I said something about Thatcher being like a mother to all of us or something. <laughs> and uh, that wasn't... That yeah, was, you're not a man of the people. That didn't go quite so well. But look, Joe, I would just say that don't... don't I don't know how old you are. I, Joe seems quite young, but your attitudes seem a bit older, but then you aren't a northerner, so they, they are sort of 15 years older by... Just in terms of weariness. <laughs> um, I, I would just say don't, don't, don't limit yourself, mate. It's not football. Um, Alison from High Wickham. Hi, Jeff. I enjoy your podcast despite... Despite being a woman, that's a sort of... Well, I think we've killed her off in this episode. I just... Fuck you, Alison. Despite <laughs> being a woman. That's one of those little fucking passive... I know exactly what she means, mate. I think my husband is depraved. Oh, okay. Oh, we need to be... Well done, mate. Serious, ripped yeah. into Alison. Well, you know, if she's fucking passive-aggressive like that, I'm not surprised, Alison. Well, you can see why. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, people who write letters in know that they may well just get ripped, even if it's a serious thing. But this is so. This is serious about her husband, though. I think my husband is depressed. Uh, in fact, I think he has been for a long time. He'll never seek help himself. Do you have any hints as to how I can get him to talk to a doctor? He liked your comedy, but would never message you to say so. I think this is part of the problem, as he can't seem to tell anyone how he feels. Um, it's tricky. It's tricky. I mean, the good thing about a bloke who is depressed, and sorry to hear that your husband's depressed like that, you know, and, and the fact it's been going on for a long time, it, it's draining for both of you, but if a bloke is emotionally repressed to that degree, they're also, you can manipulate them quite easily. If they're that basic emotionally, you can trick him. You know, I know this is wrong because I'm talking about manipulation here, but you can... Are you saying women are manipulative, Jeff? I think women are emotionally, and, and you just said it, you said that actually. I actually think they're amazing. <laughs> no, I think that, I think that broadly speaking, in my life, women are more emotionally intuitive, right? So um, I think that you can get into the doctors on other grounds. That's bad, really. But the truth is, when mental health is at stake, you've got to take radical action sometimes. I think the key is, it's almost like. Um, Find a new car in it. Get him on the forecourt. Get him looking at not a Ferrari, but maybe some amitriptyline. But <laughs> just get him talking to the doctor because mm. that's the key, isn't it? Because he might find that once he starts talking about how he feels, that it just feels good, you know. Yeah, there's a new treatment out. Gonna make your dick bigger. Go and see the doctor. Oh, well, you're talking that level of yeah. Yeah, it's quite an incentive. Yeah, your your cock is depressed. Yeah, actually, you don't realize you've had lifetime cock depression. Mm. There's a new drug that will unleash the full power of your. Cock. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> like one of those scam emails now. Yeah, yeah, I yeah I don't don't feel ashamed about because if it's been going on for a while, this is mm. the problem. The, the thing with depression, you can sort of plumb along the bottom for a while. Mm. The, the, the the truth is, you know, like people can get used to feeling like that. If you take another one down then you can be in quite bad territory. Yeah. So I don't don't feel ashamed about just getting him up there, getting him in front of a doctor, mm. lying to him. And then if, if all else fails, just start putting in antidepressants in his food like he's a fucking dog. <laughs> you know? <laughs> just cover it in butter and just like use a pea shooter and fire it down his throat. <laughs> <laughs> like that. Just trick him every time. Nice bit of steak. So I think that's fair. I think that's quite mature advice, wouldn't you say? Yeah, well done, mate. Cool. Uh, finally, um, Tim from London. That's such a London name, Tim. Hey, Tim. Um, yeah, Tim from London. Uh, hi, Jeff. Oh, he's, he's actually owned it. Hi, Jeff. I'm one of these woke pricks you seem to hate, but I still like what you do. He's just trying to be make me feel guilty, but I still like what you do. Probably doesn't. He's just doing this to be a prick. Um, I might just be doing that to annoy you or contradict. Fucking, he's ahead of me here. Uh, anyway, uh, I noticed this guy is clearly fucking winning. Um, anyway, I noticed uh, the argument about women writers in comedy room, comedy rooms. I don't seem to recall you ever having a female support act. <laughs> I'm not having a pop. Yes, you are. Yeah, you fucking, you fucking are. are Tim. Stop being such a little bitch and own it. Are there any plans for the next tour? Well, yes. Okay, two things. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Okay. Second thing is, I have asked like female support acts. It is really well, that that's incriminating evidence that they've said no, mate. Yeah, 
But like the, you're just the, making Tim's point for him. This is the thing. So in on the live circuit, there are still less women. Oh, it's eighteen percent. Uh, yeah, eighteen percent. And 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 because of the desire to have women in TV and radio, a lot of people that get good very quickly are often doing well reasonably quickly. The good people and stuff. And then what you have is is you you have the women that are like headline acts on the circuit mm. that are so fucking busy, mm. like you can't get them and I've, I've reached out a few times maybe, yeah, look, maybe I could have reached out more I do have a female support for the next tour Constantine has agreed to <laughs> yeah Jeff's had to go hey, for, hey Jeff's had to go for the second I rate know. support act they um, but I do I, I love no you, that's literally what you just explained why you can't get all the good women so you yeah. have to go for you know bottom of the barrel Constantine, you know. Yeah, Constantine was the he was he came up as three on the list. I was number three hundred and seventy four uh, uh, on the list. Of the look, I look, <laughs> I I'd be honest that I suppose there's another issue here for me, perhaps, is that if if the comedy circuit is is left leaning and remaining, mm. then the women doing comedy perhaps more so, right? Perhaps I, I I can't back this up with stats, but fuck it, I'm a lead voter. That's never stopped me before. So <laughs> is, is is so. I guess that I, I sometimes hesitate, you know, of the people that are contrarian and, and, and non-wokist and types, like they're all men currently, right? Mm. So I, I guess what I'm scared of in a way is they'll go like, the fuck would I want to be seen with, like associated yeah. with your filth? I think you're probably right at my level. I think the higher up you go, the more independent-minded people that you'd have. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I don't want to name names, but there are several people I know who are female comics yeah. at your level or higher who are let's say not into all this work bullshit yeah uh, to put it mildly yes uh, but they they don't first of all you wouldn't get them to support you but also thank you they don't <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to get my own back mate yeah 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 uh, and uh, they I think a lot of them also don't talk about it publicly mm. because it's still you know a lot of people like you've made a thing out of it and maybe to some extent I've made a thing out of it, but to a lot of people with a kind of mainstream career. Yeah, no, that's true about it's our, a threat our industry. Today. And also, some people just don't want to talk about their politics. Well, mm. I've often said this, there's a few comics that we'll know who are right-wing, conservative, mm. voted leave and stuff, but they just they don't speak about politics in their act. Mm. So why would they suddenly feel the need? Yep. You know what I mean? If you're like, I know exactly what I mean. I had a lot of people who are very well-known comics when the SOAS thing happened message yeah. me to support. And I did say oh, to hang on, wait, I'm waiting for a name drop. Ah, uh, no, not going to happen. Uh, and I said to him, "Well, hey, if you feel that way, why don't you kind of, you know, retweet it or something?" Yeah. And they were like, "Yeah, mate, sorry, I don't talk about politics." Yes. And you, it's a re- perfectly as reasonable. long as it's consistent. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, but if they're then sort of like retweeting stuff from AOC, you know, yeah. you know, yeah. trying to seem a certain way. Borders are like, racist. As, yeah. as long as as long as um, it, it's consistent. But uh, but yeah, the truth of the matter is, Tim, <laughs> you fucking niggly little prick. Um, is that, that I do I do have um, yeah, at the moment it's one yeah, one, one it? slot for um, <laughs> oh it is I, I just know, outed I, I you can say, I can say it's, it's Tanya it's Tanya Edwards um, I just oh she's one. brilliant yeah no she's fantastic. fantastic I mean to be honest she's uh, like there's a couple of gigs I've done well where she's, you're lucky to have her mate yes and she's a, she's a tough act to follow but I kind of like that with my support acts is to have people on that are very good acts because I've also got this thing as well is that I know and this is the way that touring works is that a lot of the people are couples right mm. and in the couple one person particularly wants to come and the other person gets dragged along so I'm always aware that there, there's one person and it is often a woman to be honest because I've, I've got a skew towards blokes a bit um, despite being a woman and, and, and so the woman thinks I'm a prick so I like to have a, a support act just so that for 20 minutes of they the realise there's a bigger prick than you there's a bigger prick than me which is that's me. an excellent way of put it Constantine um, look I, we, we were supposed to talk earlier about your show in Edinburgh mm. I'm very excited to see this just give us before we go just give a quick flavour of what's all that well it's called Orwell that ends well as in George Orwell Great and point. I'm really talking about free speech uh, it's a funny show but it's also a show that talks about some of the realities of what's happening around yeah. free speech so I'm kind of trying to do the Edinburgh thing where it's funny but it's also informative and factual and yes, you know, yeah. uh, pretentious yeah all, it's got to be a the... bit pretentious then when you take it out on tour you can get rid of all that shit and put the, joke, <laughs> put the jokes back in that's what I tend to do um, but yeah I, I do think yeah. that there, there is I just worry because I, I, I'm comparing my grandfather who was exiled from the Soviet Union yeah. for saying something he wasn't supposed to say yeah to what is happening now in society and I'm just kind of making a few parallels was it, what was it he said was it an English Irishman <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> something like he said that the Soviet Union was wrong to invade Afghanistan 
Yeah. And that was something that... Every, I mean, everyone's been wrong to invade Afghanistan. Yeah, that's pretty not, much. That's you, not controversial, yeah. is it? Well, it was. Yeah. I mean, he was arrested by the KGB, yeah. fired from his job, wife was fired, both his kids kicked out of university. Yeah. That that was the level of kind of hostility to yeah. freedom of expression that we had. So I'm, I'm just looking at how does that map over to what we've got now and just trying to you know talk about the importance of you know, having freedom of expression. In I mean, I, I can't like tell you how excited I am to see the show. You come and you did a support day for me mm. in Exeter and, and my crowd really loved you. Almost too much in some instances. So, <laughs> fuck you. But, so I would say to, to people, um, if, if you've only got one show that you're going to see uh, in Edinburgh... See mine, don't see Jeff. See, see mine. <laughs> uh, if the second show, then probably see the Lou Sanders. Uh, <laughs> if, if but if you like got ten shows... No, I, I, I highly recommend this. I think what it is, is it's got that those things that... You're right. Like, for an Edinburgh audience, you go away feeling like you learn a bit, a bit of something, mm. you know? Which I, I like that too, mm. when I'm in Edinburgh. Once yeah. I've left, I want to watch films about fucking robots, mm. you know what I mean? But, but um, I also think the other thing with with both of our comedy to some extent, maybe more so, I'm probably more edge than you are in that sense, is I always believed, having grown up watching people like George Carlin, Bill Hicks, that yeah. the job of the comedian isn't just to be preaching to the audience. There's got yeah. to be an element where you are challenging the, the mainstream narrative as well. Yes. And I try to do that as much as I can. Okay. Well, listen, mate, thank you so much for coming on What Most People Think. And uh, yeah, if you're up in Edinburgh, go and see Constantine's show. Uh, and then if you're coming to one of my tour shows, you might catch him at a tour show as well. Thanks very much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Okay, so that was a chat with Constantine. And as I say there, do check out his show uh, in Edinburgh. Um, yeah, that's near the end of this week's podcast. But as always, we're going to read out uh, some uh, reviews. There's a, there's a couple. I've done well considering I've released a podcast. There's one here. It says, uh, always... <laughs> this is from Sweeney Agnostices. Ag, ag, this is from Sweeney. Uh, uh, it says, always a podcast I listen to enthusiastically. Uh, even if Jeff is a bit needy for podcast start approval. Uh, <laughs> I am. I like it. I mean, it's just... I'm doing this for free, you prick. Sweeney. Okay. Yeah, just, uh, just uh, some stars. That's all I ask for. Uh, but, and in fairness, he says he does deserve top, top ratings uh, regardless. So that was uh, from Agnostices. Uh, this is from RS Scotland. I came across the Simon Evans episode. Did you? Did you come across it, you dirty? And now I'm going to subscribe for the series so I can listen to them all. Um, it's not really a series. I mean, it's just kind of ongoing. Maybe I should do that, actually. So next time... I just, I just <laughs> I haven't got my shit together to, to do a podcast. I'll say, oh, that was series one. Just be like a yank, try and hype it and go, yeah, that, that wasn't me just fucking not planning my calendar. That was series one. Um, listen, that is pretty much it for this week's podcast. It will be back with regularity, so there'll be another one uh, in a couple of weeks. It'll come out on the Thursday or the Friday. So listen, uh, have, a good, have a good week, uh, have a good couple of weeks, and I'll see you again for another episode of What Most People Think in a couple of weeks. Most people think.